All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're watching Leafs Morning Tea with host Nick Alberta and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. All right. What's good, everybody? Happy Wednesday presented by Botano. It's the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Anthony Stewart. Stu Cat, buddy. Uh, happy belated birthday, I guess, a couple days back. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm doing well. I got my brand new desk, and let's just say it's a mess already. I upgraded it probably about by 33%. It's larger, and it's still crap all over the place. So I don't know what's going on. Well, everything's fine in our world. You're looking great. That's all that matters. Again, Leafs won. Leafs won. Yeah, so won. Uh, everyone's happy. Yeah. That's great, right? Parade's back on. We're back on. We're back on. Uh, it's it's funny how things can change in a short span in this market. But two weeks of winning will do that to you. And uh, the enthusiasm is in the air. And I we were talking about this the last couple of days. It almost hits differently, Stu, when the Leafs beat inferior opponents as opposed to beating like an L.A. Like they beat up on San Jose. It's like the best thing in the world because it never happens here, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Everyone was sort of waiting for these uh, string of games here for them to almost lose because they're ready to press the uh, the the panic button and slam it hard. But uh, again, it just shows where this group is. Again, they dealt with a lot of adversity this year and they, they found a way, uh, you know, to, to, to push through here. So I'm just looking at the standings right now. Imagine if they didn't go on this four game winning streak. What if they only got uh, two or three out of eight points? I think it'd be big, big panic mode. So I think they realized that that's been the story with these Maple Leafs during the season, just as you're ready to blow everything up and get rid of everybody. They find a way to put a string of wins together. But again, yesterday was very, very entertaining to say the least. And it was a big two points, as you reference, as we do most Wednesdays, we're going to take a look at the Atlantic Division standings coming up later on the show. But we got to start with a bit of breaking news. And I do love when this happens, but not sure if you saw this. The Leafs have recalled 
Ilya Samsonov. How shocked are you? I hinted at this the last couple of days that it didn't feel like they're ready to give Dennis Hill to be his NHL debut. And lo and behold, Sammy's recalled, didn't play a game, didn't really take. I think he had one or two practices with the Marlies, but he's back. What are your thoughts on that? He's back. He's back um, as expected. Right. And, and again, I don't think in this market you can just completely bury a guy. Uh, that you made a financial commitment to remember because you have to go out and you have to sign other goaltenders down the line. And you know, if, if it's a, a first or second, um, you know, sign of, Hey, things aren't going well, we're getting rid of you. That's not good for business. So I think for him, that was the plan. Go down, just take a mental health break, reset, let the team go on the road, uh, you know, sit at home, relax, maybe work on some video with the goaltending coach or get on the ice, do what you need to do and come back. So if I'm him, um, I'm, I'm making the most of this opportunity coming back because we don't know when uh, Wall's coming. Uh, Martin Jones is, is, you know, riding right now pretty high. So I think for him, it's just waiting for his opportunity. I'm just worried now about the media getting all over him. Hey, what did you do? How was your what time off? What? So I think for him now, we're going to judge him by his next two, three starts. But his last couple weren't that great. But I think this mental health break will, will, will help because at the end of the day, yes, Jones is playing great. Uh, but I don't think Wall has 100% completely gotten over the hill by saying he's a number one. It's going to take him some time to, uh, once he gets back, a couple games to get back up to normal. So I think they need Samsonov just to be serviceable uh, in the meantime. And maybe they make a decision at the deadline and we'll see. Well, that's the key in this whole situation is like, I think the Leafs are obviously going to be very careful with the, with the handling of the media, right? I think that's where they've... Uh, made a mistake, if you want to call it that, in the last couple of years, specifically earlier this year, where it's like they let this guy talk way too much. And it always brings back, back to Mike Babcock and Garrett Sparks. And he said too much. And he's like, pretty much, I like, get this guy out of here. I mean, Samsonov, Samsonov, excuse me, had a, you know, a bit more stature to his career um, when coming to this team. But I think they have to handle this very, very gently. Um, and I just wonder if, you know, I know it's a different sport, but like, have they learned anything from Alec Manoa, the way the Jays handled the Alec Manoa situation? To me, I think it's crazy that you're calling this guy up like what, 10 days after the fact and you think you're reek all of a sudden he's going to be different. So not to play devil's advocate, Stu, but what happens if he, okay, so hypothetically, they got a back-to-back Colorado Detroit on home ice this weekend. He starts, you would think Sunday against Detroit. What happens if he gets lit up again? What do you do then? Well, then you got to sit him. But, um, you know, what <laughs> exactly. if he went down? <laughs> no, but what if he went down there and he played three games and he went over three and he had an 825 save percentage? Then what do you do? Right. So I think it's just more so, you, you, yes, you're treating him as a person, but at the end of the day, he is an asset and you have to treat the asset accordingly. So you have to protect that asset. You can't just bury it and, you know, spit on it, kick it, and then be at the deadline. Hey, guys, uh, we got this guy that's great. So I think they have to find a way because. You know, Martin Jones was in the minors for for a reason, right? But he has come up. He's done his job. But that question mark, I think, for them is, are they going to go all in on Joseph Wall when he comes back? And I don't think the answer is he can completely be that number one. Say he comes back with, you know, say it's 28 games left. Is he going to go play 20 of those 28 games and then ride into the playoffs 100% healthy or 100% ready to be the number one? So I think the fact that that's what the Maple Leafs are questioning right now, they're not sure. That's why you have to manage this asset accordingly. Is this more about managing Dennis Hildeby is my question, right? Because they call him up. Obviously, he's the Hildebeast. We got the nickname and all that. But he's still relatively green to the North American game, specifically in the American Hockey League. You think this is more about like protecting him than it is putting Samsonov in there? Like They're going to have to play 
Samsonov, you would think, unless another move's coming as we report this live, but I just don't see that. Um, I think maybe that's more the conversation that needs to be had is like, are they protecting uh, Hill to be in? If they are, I think it's the right, right idea. If like, if there's any doubt in your mind, that this guy should be playing a game in the NHL, then you're probably right no? Well, I think it's just sticking to the plan, right? We didn't know who the Hilda Beast was. If we wouldn't even know who he was, if Samsonov wasn't struggling True. and um, yeah. and, and Wall wasn't injured, so I think that was the plan. Hey, he's coming over to North America. Let him just play the whole entire year. Get him a taste of what it's like to be on the road, to be with the boys, to get a paycheck, you know, a couple extra zeros on the paycheck at the end of the month there too. But what you don't want is you don't want to kill goaltenders uh, confidence, right? The goaltenders are the weirdest position, the weirdest type of players. And him now say he goes in and plays San Jose and they lose five, one, that's going to kill his confidence probably before the, you know, for the whole entire season where he has to go back down to the minors and rebuild it. So I understand what the Leafs are doing. Give him a taste, uh, but you don't really want to now, Uh, put the hopes of the Maple Leafs. If there's any other organization, yes. But in this market, the goaltending is the most scrutinized organization in the whole entire National Hockey League. To put a young guy coming from overseas into that, where they're now, oh, you know, look how tall he is. He's bigger than Vasilevsky. His head is touching the roof. Every (laughs) single little thing, whereas if he was in Florida, like, yeah, there's some young rookie schmelt. Yeah, maybe we'll see him. Maybe we won't. Next question. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's good to see them not succumbing to the pressure either. Not that any team does this, but everybody's been calling for Hill to be, and the Leafs just don't feel ready putting this guy out there. And I sort of commend them for that. I just, I really, really wonder, and I'm quite frankly a bit shocked that Ilya Samsonov is back this quickly, where it's like, okay, if it doesn't work again, then you have a real problem on your hands, and you have, you know, a guy like Samsonov finishing the season in the AHL. I just hope that this decision is the right one. And on top of that, he hasn't any game action in a while, right? So you throw him back out there. How's he going to look is my question, especially in a back-to-back. And you're not yeah, playing against Colorado, right? Too. That could be something too. Maybe he's nursing something where they can't put him on the IR. Hey, you know what? Maybe it's a, a groin where, hey, you know what? Let me just take these 10 days off to mentally reset or get back physically. Maybe he has multiple of minor things. So that could be it. But I, I think for him, it's it's those breakdowns and those goals that are going in. And I've seen a lot of the Twitter guys sort of break down the goals the, you know, those aren't NHL goaltending saves that he should be making those saves routinely. Those routine saves are not being routinely made. So I think for him that that's a mental side. So what do you do? You take a little bit of a break, uh, but I think him going down and, and the Marlies and, and getting lit up, that's, that's going to make things worse, not better. Did you watch Jersey shore back in the day? Oh yeah. You, you look like the guys situation. You have the same hair, eh? Oh, pretty much. The guy's a grenade, though. He has been a grenade this season where every <laughs> shot goes. In. I don't know. I was Ronnie. Just drama with my girlfriend 24-7. I was the Ronnie yeah. of the Jersey show. <laughs> Sammy Sweetheart. That was a fantastic show back in the day. I do watch still quite a bit of reality TV, but I just don't know how this situation is going to go. Um, nevertheless, um, I, I think the Leafs are feeling good about themselves, and maybe this is the time to call up Samsonov. But for me, I think there's just way more cons in this situation. And and maybe it's calculated. Maybe it's a thing that Hildeby comes back and they send Samsonov back. Like they, there's a, a variety of different options. But then, like you have to find a fil- find a way to filter him in. But I can't say enough great things about Martin Jones, right? Like where would this team still be without Martin Jones? It's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and that's you know going back to the Hildebees. What if, what if Jones stumbled and then you had to throw him in there and he struggled? Like we're looking at a completely yeah. different. Uh, situation with regards to the standings, right? Could you imagine they very well could be sitting in 11th or 12th? Cause that's how close it is. Could you imagine this show? I, uh, 
Rosie, no. Rosie, I think would quit if this team was sitting in 12th place. He'd be calling for everyone traded, everyone fired. Uh, you know, this everyone fired from this show, Silent Vic. We're getting him out of here too. Uh, <laughs> but again, he's come in and weathered the storm. So, you know, for me, you know, I got a little bit of crow in my face because I was saying, hey, maybe they need to flip him, you know, to Tampa Bay or get rid of him. But I think they knew deep down that this was a situation where they could have probably had to rely on Martin Jones, a veteran guy that came in and did a good job. And he did a good job last year uh, for Seattle. His numbers weren't good, but he found ways to get wins. And that's what you need. You need a guy just to come in and play solid. Doesn't need to be spectacular. And he's come in and quietly gone about his business. And he's shown he's a a pro. And, you know, he's probably going to get another year or two from whatever, whether it's the Maple Leafs or somewhere else based on his play this year. It just shows you the power of Toronto, by the way. So I do an NHL betting podcast with the NHL. Did you know that Martin Jones currently has the 10th lowest odds to win the Vesna trophy? Like it's, it's insane to me, but that's the power of Toronto, man. <laughs> yeah, throw, yeah, exactly. throw a fiver on for me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a fucking, I call that a donation, man. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, at the least nation 401 on YouTube at the least nation 401. If you're watching right now, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. You can find us as well, wherever you find uh, your podcast, just search least morning take. And we'll pop up. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25 in uppercase. 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change. Terms apply. So the Maple Leafs now 400. Stewie, in the uh, in the year of 2024, of course, the third straight win here against an inferior opponent, which is a great development as well. But it was point night, and you can speak to this. You played in this league. How great did those games feel, Stewie? Well, it feels great, but uh, you know, me playing in the Southeast Division for majority of my career, I was on the opposite end where the other teams were getting point nights. But again, it was it's a confidence booster for a lot of guys. I remember the microscope was shifting on Mitch Marner for the last uh, couple of days, especially after the Nylander contract, and you know, he answered all the naysayers or whoever it may be with a big, big night, a quiet uh, two goals, uh, two assists. Uh, it's good to see McCabe's, you know, get on the score sheet as well. Riley and seeing Matthews just continue to score, score and score some more. So, you know, I'm not sure if you noticed that uh, that little touch pass bumper play between it was Marner and uh, Matthews there. That's that's a new play. That's a new asset. And to be scoring from there, that's dry sidled territory. So he's got another tool in his box now that uh, to be able to roof that from that corner aspect there that, that that's amazing too so it's good to see everybody get on the board uh nick robertson scoring that late power play goal as well just seems that the offense is going confidence is going and that's what you want going into the new year because usually there's a hangover for some teams after christmas and the holidays but again it seems like everyone was in shape they they stuck to the game plan and that's why they're having success the schedule helped a bit, obviously, but I mean, I think this team deserves a lot of credit for taking care of business. And and that's what I was going to ask you is like the confidence. Does it go from game to game? Like you mentioned some of the things, like even a guy like Robertson scoring when he wasn't even supposed to play, but Noah Gregor was six. So he slots into the lineup. He scores a goal. Can you carry that confidence a long way? Does it swing, uh, you know, game to game? I, I think so. But you look at Matthews, right? When you talk about confidence, he feels in his mind that he's going to score every single game. That's the way that he's firing that puck. Uh, same thing, 
um, you know, with Marner, you know, he's, you know, he has some off nights, but he's continually a threat, but I think for them, it's just more so, you know, you're seeing the evolution maybe of the leadership group. They're not taking their foot off the gas. You're seeing Morgan Riley get involved. He's always activating, jumping in. Tavares is scoring timely goals as well too. So I think now we're seeing a bit of a, a culture shift uh, with this group. And yes, we can go back to whatever, three, four weeks ago against the Columbus Blue Jackets, those happen, but consistently uh, they're showing up on time. Um, they're not, they're, they're more so outscoring their opponents at the beginning of periods, start of periods, end of periods, uh, and they're playing the game the right way. So the power play is clicking sixth best right now in the national. It is interesting. I think when you, you look at some of the variety of different goals, they score too, right. With like, you know, the way, you know, Marner scores that goal and Holmberg, like it was a variety and assortment, which is always great to see too. Right. I was going to say Holmberg looks like he's not going back down. That was a goal scorer's goal, a little one hand shovel poke. And it was such a rare goal. I couldn't even find a gif on that uh, on, on Twitter to see, uh, you know, <laughs> you know how, how that goal was scored, but uh, no, that was great, but it, I like it. It wasn't just the top guys showing up, showing, you know, scoring all these goals. It was a variety, you know, I'm not sure who got the belt yesterday. I, I didn't see that. Maybe they should have given it to McCabe. It was but, Marner. Uh, Marner. Okay. Marner got yeah. it. I like the variety. Um, I like that. It wasn't just, you know, four goals in three minutes in the second period it was spread out throughout the game. They continually just wear down their opponent. And there was not one point of that game where you could see San Jose was getting back into the game. Yes. It was four, nothing to four, one, but you're like, yeah, you know what? That's just a bad bounce. They're going to keep it going, man. I, I, I didn't know Pontus Holmberg had had that in him. Like I, you know, not that I expect to see that every game, but like that's a pretty nifty play that only select players can do. And again, granted, you have to preface say it's the San Jose Sharks, but I think he showed us a little something, something there. And I think Holmberg has an opportunity here big time with this team right now. Yeah, I I, I liked him going back to last year and I think he got caught up in the shuffle and it's tough when you're in that fourth line role or bottom six role. You just, you know, you're a guy, you know, I used to train with T.R. Goodman and he said, you know, you're just another guy. Don't be a jag out there. So, you know, sometimes with this team where it's so top heavy, you just want to go out there and not make any mistakes because the top line guys are going to win majority of your games. But um, he's seeing more confidence. You're seeing him have more speed. And, you know, he looks like he's a veteran guy. The way that he went wide, and regardless of who it is on San Jose, you're still in the National Hockey League. You can skate. You got size. He blew by that guy with NHL-style speed. And I call that move the fire poker. He had the fire poker just poked it in and, and got it over the goaltender's like shoulder there, too. So yeah. that's a that's a veteran goal. And I'm, I'm interested and uh, excited to see him now get more games because if he can add an element of not just playing good defensively, but adding in an element of offense, which you can see he has, that's going to be good for the Maple Leafs in playoffs. I love watching the big boys get fired up too. Like Mitch Marner had the interview at the intermission calling Holmberg his favorite player in the NHL, but like it almost speaks volumes to how the, how important these type of guys are in the room. I mean, you played a bottom six for a good chunk of your career. Like you need those glue guys or you're going to do nothing. Right. And I, I think it's so imperative that, yeah, we know Stewie, the convo is going to be about the big boys come the Stanley cup playoffs, but those goals, those moments are so important to the success of a team. Right. Yeah, and, and you look at, you know, Stanley Cups of, of past, right? And you're seeing the mm-hmm. Smiths and the Big Rigs and the Corey Perrys, these unsung heroes. Every year there's a guy that comes out of nowhere. You know, who's going to be that for that for this Maple Leafs group, right? And it just seems like this year it could be a Domi, it could be Bertuzzi, it could be Matthew Nye. So they have a variety of guys that, um, you know, uh, 
are budding into, you know, regular roles, but being productive members of this cup of this, of this team and going into playoffs and, you know, they against Florida, I think they only score two, they average two goals a game. You're going to need those middle six and those bottom six guys stepping up, contributing, not just offensively, but getting involved. So for him to be recognized by Marner, who's a superstar of the team, that just shows what type of player and person he is. And I think that's, what's different with this team than years past. There's a little bit more, um, character, but guys that are productive, not just Jags. I would love somebody in the chat to uh, prove otherwise or tell us differently, but has there been an answer why Austin Matthews started with the black stick tape? Man, I thought that was so weird for a guy. I don't know if you even know if you caught this Stu watching the game, but his first couple of shifts he took with black stick tape, which again, we've all been accustomed to seeing Austin Matthews, Matthews with the white stick tape. I don't know why a guy of that ilk who scores so many goals would, would make such a drastic change. I guess he's not superstitious. That's my answer. Well, you, that just shows the mind of, of these superstar yeah. players, right? They don't get complacent. They're always trying to find ways to get an edge. They're always trying to find ways to get better. And, you know, Kucherov is one of those guys where I think like he would go to guys, you know, on the opposition and say, hey, what curve do you use? What stick do you use? He's always trying to find ways uh, to little get an edge on the competition. So whether that's black tape, white tape, uh, green tape, uh, no tape like uh, Bertuzzi, that just shows what type of person that he is. Oh, it just, I don't know. I thought it was, it was interesting. It was almost like, oh, they had a, a tape shortage at Scotiabank Arena and they had no white left. Cause to me, it looked even weird. Like I could only imagine for a goalie, you have a split second to react to an Austin Matthews shot. And I, I've always wanted to ask goalies if it's any different coming from a black tape job to a white tape job. Like, you did think he do it on specialty teams or no? Pardon me? Did he do it on the specialty teams when he switched or was it just a regular shift? I think it was a couple. It was probably three regular shifts, like five on five, and that was it. He said they showed him taping a stick with the white Maybe tape. Maybe he's, you know, he's he's getting his all star stick ready to go. Maybe he's got like a. I, think so. like, I don't know. I, I just thought it was really weird, and maybe I'm more superstitious than others. Like I played baseball growing up, I would never touch the lines. Like going out to the field, like I'm hockey. Like I mean, you played hockey players are the craziest superstitions, but some guys are not superstitious. That's all I can draw because he comes out there, he, he changes his tape, and then he scores a, a filthy goal, right? Yeah, but I think for him, it's it's just a regular Tuesday night or Monday yeah. night in, in Toronto. <laughs> man, the Hockey guys players are, are weird, man. Do, like, you Hockey players when... are weird. They're weird. Yeah. Oh, very weird. But the, the guy's such a rock star, though, man. You Like, you remember his debut, scores four goals in Ottawa. Just, I can't remember a player who who plays with this much pizzazz, but, like, confidence, like, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to score on you. Like, imagine being a goalie in this league. I don't care who you are facing Austin Matthews where a guy just scores with this type of ease. And then you add this into your arsenal when you're scoring from like the half boards and a shot that needs, you know, it needs to be so precise, like a laser to hit. And then you're scoring like that. I just love the moxie of this guy. You know, they talked the other day about Nylander being built for Toronto. I think Matthews is built for Toronto. Yeah, he is. And, you know, you, you look at the stats and just where he's projecting, like, I know it's still early. You say it's early and it doesn't seem like that, but it is. Yeah. You know, he's he's probably going to go down as one of the greatest, you know, American goal scorers at the very least. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, 600, 650 goals, 700 goals is in his purview. Right. So obviously there's health and all that. But, you know, you're almost more surprised when you check the stat line at the end of the game that he doesn't score than when he does, just because the array of goals that he has, the variety, he's not afraid to go to the net. He's he's adding more. He's scored now from dry, subtle territory, um, but just the release, the quick hands within. 
Um, he just finds ways to get that puck up and change direction. So it's almost like a video game, right? Where you're like, okay, this is, I have to press this button, this button to get the puck to go here. That's just the way that he does it. And that release, the way he changes the angle, you know, the best way to explain it, his shot is a weapon. So if I could come up with a stick company, I'd call it weapon because that's what, <laughs> that's what I want my shot to be. So to see that puck coming off, you don't know where it's going. It's going top shelf. It's going five holes. It's going through the goalie. He just the variety that he's scoring shows why he's one of the greatest goal scorers uh, in today's game, but uh, probably going in all time. So it's early. I understand that. But the greatest leaf score of all time. How about that? Yeah, I mean, you're not going on on a limb saying that. I mean, it, just watching this guy, and again, it's 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 era specific and all that. But I just remember a player who scored like this. Like, yeah, I watched I watched Alex Ovechkin in his prime, and still, like, it looks like Matthews just scores, makes it look so simple and so easy. And I I think the great thing with Ovechkin has been the longevity. I don't know if I can go out and say Matthews is going to have that many seasons where he's lighting it up the way he is, but certainly his ceiling. Very, very high and looking forward as well to All-Star Weekend where Matthews is going to be the unofficial host, right? Like last year was Matthew Kachuk and to an extent, Sasha Barkov. This All-Star Weekend is going to be all about Matthews, all about Nylander. I love it, buddy. Yeah, I heard that you uh, you set up a party with him at Two Cats, right? Is that uh, flyer out yet? Is that true or no? No, no. <laughs> uh, it is uh, is not true, but there could be something at Mademoiselle right beside Two Cats. Paris, Texas or something. Be. But no, that yeah. it, it, it shows, right? And I'm sure Justin Bieber is going to get involved. And it just shows, like you mentioned that moxie that he has. He just has that swagger. And it doesn't come off as cockiness. You're like, this guy's a, a cool guy, right? And you're talking yeah. about, you know, him, the longevity, this guy might have $200, $200 million in his bank account before he hits 35. He, he might not want to do cats. that. He might he not want to cats. play. He might not want to play that long. But uh, again, yeah. it's it's good to see now that he's healthy. He's playing some good hockey. And, you know, I think the way that he's trending, he is that good. And he's that elite of a goal scorer where he can win a series by himself. So I want to see that transition a little bit more into the playoffs. But he's trending in the right direction 100%. Well, that, that that's the last thing for these guys, right? And uh we can transition the conversation into uh, Nylander, and I aptly put it for you, Stulander. I named the topic Stulander, which I'm sure you'd love, and you look a bit like Stulander today. But this segment is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Get custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece Program and an unbeatable pricing policy. Check out a large selection of Canadian lab-grown diamonds. Mine diamonds and don't pay until 2025 with their instant in-store financing OAC. For more information, go to charmdiamondcenters.com. So, we haven't caught up since the extension became official. What were your thoughts when you saw it go down, Stu? Well, I'm just going to start off by saying the uh, the limited edition Willie O'Ree skate signed by William Nylander last year. I think the value just nice. went up. I paid about 500 bucks for it. I think it's gone up to about, you know, probably, you know, a thousand bucks, 1500 bucks if you want to take it off my hands right now, too. So again, it's good to see him re-sign. I, it, it's it's funny. I see the naysayers in this, and it's like as if they're shelling out the money to pay for this contract, <laughs> right? As a fan or as a, an analyst, why why do you care about the cap and all that? And it's but again, he's earned his contract, and you know there's certain players where you're gonna get what you're gonna get, and you knew that him on the open market is gonna get anywhere from eleven and a half to twelve million dollars. So you know, I heard the reports of them saying, well, can they flip him for a defenseman? If you have an elite player, and it just so happens that they have three or four on this team, you have to find a way uh, to lock them in. So. I like the deal. Um, I, I, yeah, the money you can say it, it's tough under this current uh, salary cap structure and, and with this group, but you let this guy go. 
where are you going to replace these 40 goals? Where are you going to replace these 40 points? Where are you going to replace this guy that shows up in the playoffs? So that's very, very tough. And yes, if you have a Hyman and you have a Mikheyev and you have a Trevor Moore, yeah, you might say, you know what, we're going to put those guys into that role and see what they can do, but they don't. Uh, They're very, very top heavy. They have to keep them. And for me, I I don't like the reports that, well, you know, he he had a, a great start to this year. He scored 40 goals last year. He's, a, he's been one of the most consistent point getters and point producers for this Maple Leafs team since, you know, the last four or five seasons. So, uh, yes, from a cap standpoint, yes, it's going to be harder for Tree Living to, to manage that. But from a Willie Nylander, he, he earned this paycheck. He earned every dime. And I think six out of those eight years, I think it's going to be he'll be well worth the money. One hundred percent. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think that's an important point to bring up that it wasn't like Nylander just showed up and he turned into a 120 point player. Like he, he's been building. I mean, last year was a building moment, uh, the beginning of this year. And I don't think the consternation in the market is more so about Nylander being deserving of that money. It's more so should they allocate that money to Nylander. But again, to get the conversation back to the previous administration, you gave all these guys no movement clauses, and that's going to be the big conversation now with Mitch Marner. Yeah, it might make more sense to move the guy than to re-sign him, but you have a no movement clause locked in right until July 1, 2025, when this guy becomes a free agent. If he doesn't want to leave, he ain't going anywhere which means you're going to be hard-pressed to make a trade. And then on top of that, Stu, like, can you walk a guy like Mitch Marner to free agency? That's the question they're going to have to mull over here. Yeah, and I think with D-Lander, it's like, well, we'll call his bluff. Well, what what bluff? He, he sat out till November, his last contract yeah, negotiation. I so, again, I like the fact that he just sort of did his best to keep it out of the media, just kept it quiet. It's like, hey, I want to be in Toronto, but at the end of the day, business is business, and he stood on his business. And he's one of those guys where... If you saw him in Columbus, I don't think he'd be pulling a Johnny Goudreau. You would see him putting up probably even more points than he is in Toronto. He is cool as a cucumber. He plays big, big minutes, and he is a producer in the National Hockey League. So, 
yes. So if, if I was the Maple Leafs, I'm like, well, if we're going to walk this to next year and we're going to try to get something for him, we might as well just lock him in now. So I think that was the misstep where, yeah, they should have maybe locked him into the summer, but tree living, he had a lot of other business to attend to and, and do now. So um, for Nylander, he earned his paycheck. He's a big part of this Maple Leafs team too. But again, at the end of the day, the math has to math and they have to find a way now what does happen with, uh, with Marner. So again, it's let's, let's bask in the glory of Nylander before we start dissecting what this team does with Marner. But the one thing I want to say, John Tavares isn't taking no $2 million, $3 million. He's been at a point of game since he's been here. So he's getting his next deal is going to be a minimum 25 million bucks. Whether it's five years, whether it's six years, whether it's front loaded, he's not taking any significant discount. He's going to still be a five, $6 million player when it's all said and done as well. Well, I was going to ask you, how, how high would you go with that next extension for John Tavares? I think in unison, we're saying, yeah, keep John Tavares, but it's got to make sense. How high would you go if you're Brad Show Living? Well, how old is he right now? He's 32 or 33. I, I believe. think he's at 90, right? So he would be 33. I want to say. Right? Top so, you know, everyone's talking as if he's 36 years old. Right. And, you know, cool. you see him. This guy's a I hate using the term. He's a hockey nerd. This guy's going to play until he's probably 38, 39 years old. Right. You can't. Would you not picture him being like Spezza playing? So true. You give him his five years. You give him his five years. Um it's going to be five times five, five times six, whether Leaf Station agrees with that or not. That's that's what he's going to get. That's what he's going to be asking for. Yes, he wants to stay in Toronto, but there's a big difference between 3.5 and six or five and a half, which I think still he'll be that player at the end of this contract. So again, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much, but that's the reality of the situation where he's at because he's been consistently consistent too since he's been here. It's just the fact that we're talking about the Marners. We've been talking about the Needlanders. We've been talking about Riley's. He's just quietly going about his business as a number two center. And you have to pay a premium, not 10, 11, because you can't afford that, but that's still what his value is going to be after next year. My rebuttal on that. So just looking, he's September 20th. That's his birthday. So he'll be 35 when the new contract kicks in after next season, wherever it may be. But we hope and we think it's going to be Toronto. He reiterated he wants to be a Leaf. I I wouldn't be able to go more than three years. Like I understand what you're saying with five years. If you want five years, then you're not getting five million bucks per season. I'm paying you out that way. I, I think a deal that makes sense is something similar to like what a Claude Giroux signed with the Ottawa Senators. Like, I think there's going to be some comparisons to be drawn by the Tavares side, but I think a three-year deal would make a lot of sense. Uh, do you have any issue with uh, you know the way he skates and and how slow his game is? Like I know he's a quicker type guy with his mentality and his IQ, but as he ages, will that play a big time factor? Do you think in JT's career? Well, if you're saying that's the problem, well, what's the solution? Who's going to step into that number two center role? Right? Who's the Connor big McDavid. prospect? For is it because it going to be Minton? Who's going to be stepping up? Did you say McDavid? Okay, now we're now we're this conversation's going into a, a different uh, different way. Yeah, Vic, I like Vic. What if it's Stamkos, right? But again, Stamkos isn't coming for you know. So, anyways, let's just say it's going to be twenty something million dollars. So whether that's three years, whether that's four years, you're saying three, I'm saying five. So four years, five and a half. So whatever that is, twenty four and a half million bucks. Let's call it a day. Lock them in. But again. You lose a guy like that. Who are you going to replace? Who replaced the Hyman? Who replaced the Mikheyevs? Who replaced the Trevor Morris, right? I know you have Nyes coming up. I know yeah. you have Domi for one year, Bertuzzi for one year. So you need to have not just Band-Aid solutions, but long-term solutions now filling out the rest of your roster, right? And if it's not prospects, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to go out and do it through free agency. So if you have to pay a bit of a premium to keep John Tavares, you have to do it. If not, 
Remember, how many guys did they sign this year to free agency? How many hits, as many misses as hits? So you're saying, well, we got to rebuild the middle six. We're going to add five guys. You're probably only going to hit on two or three of them. So you might as well keep the guys where you know what you're going to get. You're going to get your 70 points, your 80 points from John DeVars. He doesn't seem like he's dropping off. Majority of his goals are not on the rush. They're not on the fly. They're down below the dots. Uh, he's a good net front power play presence, good bumper guy as well, too. So I think John Tavares, you have to find a way to lock him in. If not, who who who's coming out? Who's coming here? Who's coming? Uh, maybe you bring back John Klingberg and you make him a center. Could that be a possibility? Right. Right. So, but that's my point, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, did you really think Klingberg was going to come in and be the number one guy and, and go back and, and earn his eight year deal for $8 million? No, 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 no. no. Right? no. You, you have to take those risks sometimes as a GM. It didn't work out. And, and I guess, fortunately for Toronto, he's gone away. Uh, unfortunately, he got injured. You don't like to see that for any player in the league. But right away, my, my head turned to that. Like, okay, you give Nylander that money, but, what does this mean for the prospects of bringing back a Domi, uh, a Bertuzzi? Like, they're just not going to be in a position to do that, right, Stu? I don't think so. I, I think the conversation needs to be now just based on the previous regime and how things are going. How are you going to lock in Matthew Nice, right? What do you lock him in right now, right? What if he goes out next year and scores 25 goals? He's playing with Matthews and, and Marner. He scores 25 and has 60 points. And now he's saying, well, you half. know what I want. Huh? 11 and a half. Give him 11 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I think internally they have to figure out what are we going to be doing with the guys that we have as opposed to going to the market. So do you have a conversation with Bertuzzi, but do you give him his four years at 4.9? Probably not. Do you? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, right? you, dude, they've set this precedence where you want 6 million bucks, you're getting $6 million. Like they, they, they have to. You say that, but point. what about the Mikheyevs and the Hymans, right? And you yeah. got rid of a Trevor Moore and you got rid of a Barabat. You got rid of, so there's like, it's like almost like a, a conveyor belt where once you're internally here and then now you're making more than four and a half million, you literally fall over the top and you drop. And then now they bring another guy, right? So yeah, they got them there for this one year, but they're going to go up to the Bertuzzi's and the Domi's and well, you know, the cap, the cap, the cap, you know, can you lock in for three and a half? And the answer is going to be no. Okay, boom. Who's next? But the issue is now, every time you bring these guys in, it's a 50-50 chance that they're going to hit, right? So yeah, that's yeah. that's my thing is you need to lock some of these guys in, give them a little bit more term, less money. But I'm saying this is a completely different team if you have the McKeevs and the Hymans where you wouldn't be in situations problems with this where you have to – these long-term problems with these top players would not be as hard to make if you had those middle six guys. Right. Producer Vic makes a, a great call in the chat. It's like Leo DiCaprio. Did you see this trend in this guy's life where the girl turns 25 and he just dumps <laughs> them, throws them to the curb? <laughs> if you make more than four and a half, you're making more than four or four and a half. You're gone. You're gone. Happening. You're gone. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it the DiCaprio effect. You're gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Leonardo but... DiCaprio. Yeah, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. I don't know. I, now you got me thinking about nice, man. Like, they need to have a plan where this guy's part of the core for the next 10 years. Like, I do think this guy hits differently. I think he's a cut from a different cloth. Like, whatever cliche you want to use, he's different than what they have, Stu. And there's just no way in my world, I don't care when it is, where it is, you can't lose a Matthew Nyes down the road. I just think the way this guy's trending, he's exactly what this roster and team needs, man. 
Yeah, and it's easy to look at the numbers and say, well, you know, he's going to have to earn his due. But if you watch the game and pay attention to the nuances, the little things that he does, his little shovel passes or spinning off the wall or spin. He came in. I was talking about uh, the other day about Marshan, how he came in and just spun in on the zone, just had so much time and space. I saw I saw Nice do that yesterday where he was getting that respect. I know it's the San Jose Sharks, but to be in his, uh, what is it, his, technically his first year, to have yeah. that confidence on the wall and he's bullying guys. He's going in the corner, bullying guys off the puck. Like he's turning into a premier power forward. So yes, it's early to talk about, yeah, what are the long-term prospects for this guy too? But he is a top six forward on this team right now. Right. And he is dominant at times. Yes. It takes time to get accustomed to the NHL and what you need to do and the daily life of that. But this guy can play. He's a hockey player. So I think if there's one thing you can learn, it's an asset. You gotta. This guy looks like he's gonna be like this, and get better every single year for the next five, six years. So you have to find a way to lock him in. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, and again, they they got some conversations to be had in the off season when it comes to John Tavares, when it comes to Mitch Marner, Matthew Nyes. I mean, the free agency too. There's a there's a reason why they created this uh, opportunity in terms of cap space. And I think to that point, like. A lot of people, Stewie, have wrapped the conversation in next year. When you're paying four guys around 11 million bucks or more, you're going to have to filter in these gem deals, right? That's why I think it's not imperative, but like I'm so intrigued. Like Fraser Minton, can you crack this roster next year? I think Easton Cowan's going to get a shot to crack this roster next year. Like I think that's where we're at, where it's like you almost need these younger players to progress quicker than normal because you don't have money to go out there and and get a guy like a Max Domi or an additional Max Domi to slot in your lineup. You're, you're going to need guys to elevate. Like Matthew Nye's going to be a top six guy moving forward. Like you need guys like that to emerge or you're going to be in a bit of trouble next year. Yeah, you have to develop, right? Or do you go to the wells and, you know, you get a, a, a Gregor, right? But again, for every Gregor, there's how many guys that did not work out under this system, right? So that's the one thing I think... Sure where if I had to be a little bit critical is from the promotion and elevation of their prospects, right? You know, uh, Benoit, like, you know, Benoit's coming in, playing some great, great He's hockey. Awesome, man. But how do you not have a guy in that? How do you not have a guy like that in your system, right? How do you have to go? How do you not train and develop and bring up a guy that can play a, a number six defenseman? So who's coming up, right? And, and you know, I'm a little bit critical because you look at a guy like, uh, Robertson, right? He should be a lot further along than where he is right now. And yes, some of it's due to play, some of it's due to injury, but I think most of it's due to opportunity. When he got in and they put him in, he wasn't necessarily put into a position to succeed. I'd love to see what um, a Holmberg can do with 14 minutes a night, right? Yes. So again, as opposed to paying the Bertuzzi's, yes, great player, but why not promoting a guy within, give him 15, 20 games, see what he can do in a middle six role, see what he can do with 15, 16 minutes a night, because you're looking at these teams that right? you're looking at teams like Dallas who are bringing up these guys and they got other guys that are even more exciting in the minors. You have to be consistently consistent with your prospects. And I think that's what Toronto needs to do. So whether that's through the draft or with, what it may be, they need to have guy that you need to be getting excited about. We were so excited about Minton. Then he got sent down. World Juniors wasn't great. Like, oh, yeah, Minton. Yeah, yeah, I guess he's okay. So who's the next big thing? And they struck gold with uh, with knives, but you need to be consistent with having players like that in your lineup. Are you ready to cut the cord on, on, on Nick Robertson? I, I'm there, man. I, I just, I'm at a point where it's like, he if they trade him and he moves Come up. on. Dude, it was a 7-1 goal. Like, he just... 
Again, and maybe it's it's victim of this market, but since the day he was drafted, the comparison started. He's Jason 2.0. There's just they're not even in the same house. The wheel, like I, it's can he I just be? Don't think, can he be a 15 and 15 guy with 14 minutes playing third line? I guess he's homegrown. Give him that opportunity. <laughs> Why not? But they are giving him that opportunity. The problem is, is like the guy doesn't score. He doesn't really serve a purpose in this roster. Yeah, but that's again, he he started off in the minors this year too. So then that but I'm saying is yeah. you're paying, you know, four and five million dollars for those guys to play third line because you're so top heavy, you need yeah. to plug in your prospects. So I think for Robertson, he's got a pretty uh, good uh, runway right now, too. But again, is he yeah, he played scored a power play goal yesterday, but is he really getting that real opportunity? And it's been what, 20, 25 games, I think. So let's 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 evaluate after another 15. Yeah. But I think he could be a 30 point guy, 15 goals, 15 assists. If you're on the third line playing some penalty kill minutes, that's that's fine for me. But um, I'm saying is what about the next Nick Robertson? What about these guys that you have in the farm that you're going to be drafting? Are you really going to be able to plug them in and give them a role to show what they can do? Because if you just keep going to the well and free agency, it's tough to build championship teams consistently through free agency. Leafs nation is very, very protective, including in this chat on Nick Robertson. I'm getting some pushback on not chirping, shitting Robertson, whatever you want to call it. I just, I don't know. I don't know what his ceiling is. Where's that? Where's that? I can't see the chat. Uh, Oh, it's on YouTube, buddy. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah. It, well, anyways, it's, it's that's just, that's not me, fans. That's Nick. I I said, keep Nick Robertson. Uh, Alberga says, get rid of him. So make sure you direct all those negative comments towards him. No, do it. He He's he's not he's not a bottom six checker, and you can't play him in your tight. He's just consistently inconsistent, and I can't have that, and I can't wait around until this guy's 45 years old to, to figure it out if he ever So who do you pay out. $3 million to? That's the thing. <laughs> that's a, well, you I have to deal I with it I'll and find a way to elevate him, or you got to go pay three, four million bucks for someone else to do the job. Send him, send him to Pittsburgh. Send him to Philadelphia. I don't care. <laughs> he doesn't want to go I to just, Philadelphia. I, the problem too is like they can't even include Robertson in any deal. Like he's not going to be the focal point of any trade because I don't think he has any value. I think he's valued in Toronto and that's it. I mean, it's a it's a sad reality, but it's true. But you say that, but you're telling me he can't go do a Trevor Moore to get traded and get an opportunity sure and make the most of it. He could skate. He's got a good shot. You saw that release yesterday in the power play. So I think for him, I think he realistically for his career, I think he needs a fresh start. Uh, I think he needs... Yes to go somewhere where he's valued a little bit more. But I think he, at the end of the day, he needs an opportunity. And you cannot say that he sat here, whether he's earned it or not or whatever, that he's legitimately got an opportunity with this Leafs team. Yeah. And I think the fair, the fair question is like, is he worth more to your team keeping him or do you flip him for like a fifth, sixth round pick? That's ultimately the price right now. Like, I just don't think there's much value on the trade markets. So I don't think they're going to be rushed into a decision, but I think you make an astute point where it's like, let's, let's reevaluate trade deadline. Let's reevaluate at the end of the season. Like if Nick Robertson's a guy who's scoring a couple goals here and there in the Stanley cup playoffs on a run, then obviously the, the focus is going to change tenfold on him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I could see him being one of those guys in the playoffs stepping in, you know, whether it's in, you know, coming out of the press box and scoring that big goal, he has the speed. Right. But I think that's what's, the, the issue is they're expecting him to go in there and be a checker. You know, you see him coming in, he's flying a million miles an hour. He throws a check and he ends up falling. So I think for him, 
It's just finding, and that's part. That's hard. It's hard to figure out what you are in the National Hockey League. I'm still trying to figure it out, and I'm out of the league. I thought I was a skilled guy. They're like, Stewie, you need to be an up and down fighting yeah. type of guy. And I said, no way, and I was out of the league. So I think for him, it's just he's got to figure out what he is. And I think for him, it's a it's a third line checking winger penalty kill that can chip in with 10 15 goals and if he figures that out there's there's they need guys like that you know you're looking at these guys Goudreau and these guys out there that are going out and making that that money he can turn into that guy so I think he could be a 15 15 guy I think it's just more so him getting the opportunity Sean Falsey rates in Nick has a vendetta with Robertson yeah someone just asked on the Facebook chat where's uh, Matt Murray going like we're not we can't we can't solve all the problems here in 40 minutes here <laughs> Matt Murray got a shutout for Dallas the other night. Yeah, he's in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, Keith, he's already in Dallas getting a shutout. What are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, I think the cherry on top to this movie this season for the Leafs is like they have no other options in between the pipes. Matt Murray emerges, gets rid of the crutches, and shows up for game. We're gonna one get John Claude Van Dam from Sudden Death to come in. Remember that movie where they the goalie, yeah. the coach taps him on the shoulders. <laughs> He's got like a tan face from being at Robodile, and I, I think that'd be an incredible <laughs> narrative. Um, let's look at the Atlantic Division standings. You talked about it a bit earlier on, and, you know, the unfortunate thing is, is like the Leafs win, but everybody around them wins. Um, I think important to bring up, too, the Boston Bruins really banged up right now. Matt Patra came back from the World Juniors, hurt last night. Brandon Carlo got hurt in this trip. Uh, Linus Allmark got banged up, left the game last night, didn't look good. So injuries are playing a factor around this league. Uh, teams have been hot around the Leafs. Like LA comes back, big big victory against the LA, or excuse me, Tampa comes back, big victory against LA. Uh, Detroit's been hot. They swept California. So I think you made a good point earlier on to Stu, where it's like, what happened if the Leafs didn't go on this type of run? I mean, they, they'd be on the outside looking in right now. Yes, and that would be panic mode for the whole entire Leafs nation too, right? And, you know, I always been, I've been waiting for like four years now for the Boston Bruins to come back down to earth. And again, yeah, they lost, uh, you know, two, they got points in their last, uh, you know, three or four games here. But again, they're looking like they're slowing down uh, a little bit as, as well. So the one team that I'm worried about is, is the Florida Panthers who just oh, seem like man, they've been on good. a, on a <laughs> they've been a wagging as, as of late, was it five or six wins in a row? Uh, they've been playing great. But the one thing is, too, is Tampa Bay really just going to falter and toil around 500 for the rest of the year? Can you not see uh, Kucherov taking his game to another level? Stamkos maybe playing his way off the island and Vasilevsky getting out of 895 and getting up to a 915, 920. So I think for the Leafs, they have to stay consistently uh, consistent. They can't rest on their laurels because, again, you have a bad four or five game segment. You can be on the outside looking in. So I think that good start to the new year kickstarts them now just to say, hey, consistently, we got to continue winning games, getting everybody involved, everybody feeling about uh, good about each other as they get healthy, especially in the goaltending net and uh, get ready for the playoffs. Got to keep things going. And certainly, you know, what's coming out tomorrow night. And that's another stop on Long Island. And it's going to be another angry and hostile and pissed off crowd as JT makes yet another return. Then they got a back to back over the weekend with Colorado and Detroit on home ice. So um, I think they deserve a lot of credit took care of business to get some inferior opponents in there. They beat LA. Uh, but now it's like, we're going to see what this team is really about. Have they turned a corner over the next couple of games, three and four here, right? Yes. Yes. And it's, it's tough doing that, especially right after 
the holidays, right? And uh, this Islanders team, again, they're a team that plays the game the right way, good defensive system. They they clog the neutral zone and they sort of just sit back and wait for you to make uh, your mistakes. So again, they've been struggling, I think, a little bit as yeah. of late, but again, they're still yeah. sitting in a pretty decent playoff spot as well. They've lost, what, four or five as well. Uh, so again, it's a good statement game because it's it's not the Columbuses, it's not the Ottawa's, it's it's a game where like, hey, you do what you need to do, you should win, but it's going to be tough. I don't want them to get a false sense, right? If you're just playing San Jose for the next 10 games, right? Yo, you're doing great, we're beating these teams, but when you, you got to consistently now start beating some of these top teams and doing it handily, and I think it's a good start with the uh, Long Island. Look, I put more stock in the least beating shit teams than I do good teams. They beat the good teams. That that's not where my snap show shows come from. It's more so about losing to you know Arizona when they're terrible. The the bad teams in the league. They lost to Chicago twice this year, right? But again, we, it just shows you it's the NHL. It's a cap world. Anybody can beat anybody. Like Chicago caused fits for the Edmonton Oilers last night. It does happen, but. I honestly am taking a lot and maybe too much from the fact that they beat San Jose in a back-to-back uh, look here, home and home. They beat Anaheim. Like they're they're looking more like a hockey team, and I think that's the biggest thing we've been preaching on this podcast for the last couple months is consistency. And it seems like they're finding it at, at the right time as we lead into the new year. We're into the new year. The trade deadline's coming. Next thing you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs of springtime are going to be here before you know it. And I, I just think I want to see progression from this team. And I, I've been really, really impressed with the way they played. I don't know what happened on that flight to California, but it's it's looked like a different team. Hopefully I'm not wrong here moving forward. Yeah, maybe Willie said he's buying everybody Rolexes, right, on the road. And maybe he did that. And <laughs> so, right, I'd be playing upping my game if I knew I was getting a new Rolex. But again, what I like about this group now is everyone's getting involved. You can't just sit there last night and say it was just the Mitch Marner show or the Matthew show, right? Every other guy sort of got on the score sheet or found a way to get involved and create their own storyline. We were talking about what's the last time we were talking about Holmberg and scoring a beautiful goal. We're usually talking about him, you know, down in the minors, you know, playing in the Bush league, but uh, Robertson scoring uh, McCabe jumping in, activating, you know, getting second stars. So I, I like that, that, that they're, they're, they're looking a little bit more like a group and a team, not just a club. So that's what you need to be consistently consistent in the playoffs. And that's what they're striving for. Very well said. The Botano wrap up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19 plus. Please play responsibly. It's a light slate in the NHL tonight. I'm going to ride with uh, Philadelphia over Montreal. Number one, they were spanked around by the Pittsburgh Penguins on Monday. Number two, you know, Torts is fired up about the Cutter Goche situation. And Jamie Drysdale is going to make his debut tonight for Philadelphia. So I like the Flyers over the house. But what would you make of the whole Cutter Goche thing? Yeah, it's 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 an unfortunate situation. And my main thing is, and I, and I heard, uh, I think it was the old dog talking about it. And that was my same yeah. opinion yesterday was regardless of what your decision is, whether you know, you're giving them good news, bad news, step up, be a man, look them in the eyes and say, this is the decision I'm making. Do not, you know, disrespect, you know, Patrick Sharp and John LeClaire. Could you imagine those guys are looking Crazy, for you and you're right? ducking and dodging those guys you are running around <laughs> campus or, you know, you're hiding at Ikea. Cause you know, like that again, <laughs> you don't want to hide in the hockey world. The hockey world is so small. You have to conduct your business the right way. So I think for him, he's, he's young. He's a 19-year-old kid. I think he got some bad advice. And that's the one thing that I was talking about, too. I'm like, he's represented by KO Sports. They got two other players on the team. So if I'm now, I'm KO, I'm calling about Sean Walker and Faraby. If I'm if I'm uh, Danny Briere, I'm like, well, you know what? Let's have a meeting, and I'm going to go. Regardless of what it is, conduct your business the right way. 
Yeah, it's just uh, it's a fascinating one none, nonetheless. But uh, looking forward to the week ahead here for the Maple Leafs on Long Island, take on the Islanders on Thursday, then Saturday, Sunday, home to Colorado, home to Detroit. Uh, Stu, this has been a blast. We'll talk soon, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thank you, as always. You are the man at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube, like and subscribe right now. Again, at the Leafs Nation 401, Leafs Morning Take. Wherever you find your podcast, you guys are fantastic in the chat. Many thanks to Anthony once again. Jay Rosehill back in the mix tomorrow on Thursday. And also many thanks to uh, producer Aaron, producer Vic. I'm Nick Alberga. Talk on Thursday. Take care, everybody. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N dot com. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation, you know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.